0: Hi guys, it's Baby Peach, and we're back again with another episode of Higurashi. It's pretty intense last episode, so we're just gonna hop right in here. Satoshi and I had what? All my well planned actions throughout the day turned out to have been nothing more than a reenactment of what Satoshi had done. Satoshi had he really been in the same situation as I was in now? The friends he had gotten along with had changed suddenly, and for no reason, at least none that I had noticed, planned to kill him. Then fearing for his life as I am, he got a bat to protect himself and carried it around every day to practice his swing. And then one day, suddenly, he'd transferred. My blood went cold, causing a prickling sensation to course through my veins, Starting near my heart, it radiated outwards from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, chilling every part of me without recourse. What did she mean by transfer? What did she mean by transfer? Was Satoshi still at wherever he transferred to? Was he the only one who would be able to understand me? Would he be able to tell me why it all ended up like this? More importantly, where did he transfer to? What did she mean by transfer? What did she mean by transfer? Before I knew it, I was at my front door. The frigid knob was hard to turn. Was nobody home? It wasn't that odd of an occurrence. I reached into my pocket and pulled out the single key attached to my first steel keychain. I stepped into the entryway just as I was about to take off my shoes, a chill written down my spine. Someone had entered right behind me like a classmate messing around, standing right up against my back. You're kidding, right? It had to be my imagination. Logically speaking, it was impossible for someone to be able to hide their presence within my personal space all the way through the door. But there was undoubtedly someone behind me. Hey now, hey now, KG. How do you know they're there, even though they're behind you? Because I could hear the sound of flowing hair. There's no other reason I'd hear that sound. That was the presence. Because I could hear the sound of them blinking. Keiji Maibara, there's no way you could hear that. It was mostly instinct than anything else that was wearing on me of that that was warning me of that presence. Common sense was telling me that it was just my imagination. It was just my imagination. There was nobody behind me. I began to erase the mental image of an eerie figure standing behind me. But at the same time, I asked myself, if there was nobody, then what was I feeling? As an uncomfortable sensation crawled up my spine. Actually, wouldn't it be better if there was somebody there? If there was nobody there when you turned around, would you be able to accept that? I'd be able to answer all those questions just by looking behind me, but I didn't have enough courage to even do that simple task. Oh right, I could try speaking to them. The person behind me might answer me. It was a random thought. I didn't care how I went about it, just so long as I didn't have to turn around. If I had calmed down and thought about it, I would have known that that wouldn't have solved anything. Who is it? I spoke in such a hoarse, broken voice that I couldn't believe it was my own. I could almost feel them contemplating their response. I felt it. There's no way I should be able to do that. Calm down, Katie. It's all in your head. That time I was certain I heard it. As if hesitantly trying to answer my injury, I was certain I could hear the sound of somebody inhaling i heard it i heard it i heard it clearly it was a girl as a young girl i didn't know who but a tiny spark of courage in me however reckless it was inspired a primal yet fitting solution to this current predicament a scream all my force in my body released from my lungs and through my throat seizing all thought processes in my head Suppressing all my thoughts and emotion, I began to collapse like a house of cards, somehow managing to twist my body and look back as I did so. It was definitely there. Right there. Somebody was there. Until that moment I turned around, until I brought the area behind me into my field of vision, they were definitely there. Falling face up, my eyes traced the remnants of the presence suspended in the empty space. It couldn't be. They were invisible. They looked like they weren't there, but they were. They actually still. But were they actually still standing there? As I screamed, all the emotions I was holding back burst free in a violent wave. However, I was decidedly calm as my emotional dam collapsed. The turbulent wave of pent-up emotions was skillfully diverted into a torrent rate of aggression. That emotion was definitely required to extricate myself from the bizarre situation happening right in front of me. In my state of heightened lucidity, I entrusted my body to the fury. The metal bat held firm in my right hand as if drawn there by a magnet. A mid-level sweep would be the hardest attack to dodge. I remembered reading something like that from a book about swordsmanship or something. I ran a my will to fight. The afterimage of that emagulation of metal flashed as it swung from left to right, beating against the entryway. The bat slammed into the right wall, the tip rebounding violently. Very calmly, I transferred the force of the rebound into a sweep to the left. The door of the shoe cupboard was split into pieces. Those two swings lift through empty space, but they seemed to have great psychological impact on the enemy. I could feel the panic eman- emanating from that space. The attack wasn't the only thing required. I extracted the mat from the cupboard it was embedded in and screamed as I spun my entire body around in a large arc. Rah! My scream shook the air, imbuing my ferocious sling with even more destructive power. Crack! Without mercy or restraint, my violent strike with certainty, fatal force behind it, shattered the top of the cupboard. None of my attacks shook the enemy, but my ferocity had certainly seemed to impact them. Breathing heavily, my entire body soaked in sweat, the invisible enemy there, there, but not there, dispersed. When I was certain that the enemy had retreated, I locked the front door and latched the chain. No way had it only feigned retreat and was now inside my house. Once again, I channeled my aggression and searched the house for the presence, but it was gone. I had succeeded in fending it off. At that moment, the tension drained from my body and I let out a deep sigh of relief. All the emotions I'd been holding back chaotically merged together and began to flood out. A huffage of fear, accomplishment, and disbelief all mixed together and began to flow all through my body. Unable to deal with each individual feeling, I beat them all back with the strongest exhaustion. Even in this moment, I remained composed. After checking after. That all the doors throughout the house were locked. I went up to my room on the second floor and closed the curtains. I straightened my back and tilted my head back a little. After clearing my mind of all my idle thoughts, I managed to calm down even more. What was that at the front door? There was definitely something there. Thinking about it, maybe it was just an apparition. I dreamt up in my confused state, but I really didn't think that was the case. Calm down, Keichi Maibara. Compose yourself. But no matter how calmly I thought about it, what just happened wasn't a figment of my imagination. It was obviously a supernatural phenomenon, and without a doubt, something was behind me. It wasn't some sort of illusion I saw amidst my confusion and disorientation. Proof? I had just one piece. When I asked, who is it? They inhaled as if they were about to answer. That sound had clearly reached my ears. The situation I was in right now was still unclear. Either I'd been possessed by the supernatural phenomenon known as Oyashiro-sama's curse, or this was a ruse by the villagers who believed in it and were imitating it. Either way, their motives were unclear. The roundabout way it had been done was also still a mystery. If it wasn't perpetuated by humans, that would mean attempting, admitting that it was Rena and the rest of them doing it, but it would be solvable. Oishi-san and the rest of the police would surely arrest my enemy, but if it was a manifestation of Oyashiro-sama's curse, I wondered what would happen. Oishi-san very clearly declared that curses didn't exist. At that time, those words were pretty dependable, but as things were now with the rising possibility that the perpetrators were not human, he suddenly seemed quite unreliable. If I told Oishi-san that this was the work of Oyashiro-sama's curse, what would happen? I couldn't imagine his reaction, but it would go without question that a void would expand rapidly between myself and Oishi-san. With me having so few allies... To begin with and not being able to confidently declare whether or not this was a curse or not. There was no merit to doing that. I'd better keep the facts of what just happened at the doorway to myself. It would be better if I didn't add what happened here to the memo behind the clock. There was still that ever so slight possibility that I was actually confused when I thought I was composed. And I was just going berserk in the entryway. How wonderful would that be if that was really what happened? I would be able to refute Oyashiro samas curse. But if I denied Oyashiro samas curse, then that would mean admitting that Reina and the rest were the perpetrators. If I said that Reina and the rest weren't the perpetrators, then that would mean believing in Oyashiro Osama's curse. By denying both of those, I would be admitting that I myself was losing it. The three options from which I couldn't choose became a trilemma of sorts. They mixed together and formed a whirlpool in my mind, making my head spin. Once again, I straightened myself and leaned my head slightly to cool myself down. Calm down, Keiichi. Accept what has actually happened as reality. Stop thinking of anything more than that. But I couldn't help but think of it. How wonderful it would be... If it turned out, I was delirious, and everything up until now was a fragment of my imagination. oh yes, Oyashiro-sama's curse wouldn't exist, and I would still be bested, bestest buddies with Reina and the rest. I would have to be crazy. That was the first time in my life I'd ever wish for such a thing. The phone rang noisily downstairs. Generally, there were no calls for me, so I never really answered the phone much, but since my parents weren't here, I had no choice. I squirmed off the bed and went downstairs. Hello, this is the Mybara residence. Keiichi, this is mom. I intuitively had a bad feeling about this. It was because I thought she was going to ask me to go out and buy some things, so I took the initiative. What? Well, I don't mind having instant noodles for dinner. There's still a lot of them. The other day, we went out as a family and bought a whole case of cup noodles. I wanted to get a bunch of different kinds, actually, but they refused since the individual packs were expensive. So instead, I got a whole case of the mega-sized pork bone and ginger-flavored ones I liked. But my parents don't like the strong flavors, and I didn't touch any of them, so the cupboards are still full of them. So you see, there really isn't a need to go shopping, Right. Keiichi, I'm not asking you to go shopping. Both mommy and daddy have to go to Tokyo right now because of work. Huh? Right now? That was really abrupt. No, we're already here. We left this afternoon. It's quite a distance to Tokyo from Hinamizawa. Gunning at full speed down the highway would still take six hours. Dad has a license, but since he doesn't like the highway, they likely took the train. It would have taken longer. I'm thinking you might understand since you heard us speaking last night, but it has to do with Daddy's contract right now. Things aren't going so smoothly. Now that she mentioned it, I didn't remember that they talked all the time about how his job prospects weren't looking so good. Daddy is really sensitive about things like this, so if we leave things as they are, it will affect his work. Part of my father's particular fragile artistic personality, his emotions changed as easily as the false sky. You could also... Just say he couldn't take criticism. But something like that can be done over the phone. Keiichi, this is your father's job, so you can support him a bit, please. Anyway, it's just faster to talk about it in person, so there wouldn't be any misunderstandings. As their son, there was nothing more I could say once they started talking about work. So we'll be back tomorrow night, Keiichi. Will you be fine on your own? It's not like I'll die or anything. Katie. you shouldn't speak so lightly of dying. If there's something troubling you, just talk to us. I believe mommy will be able to help out. Yesterday, I did bring up if I died rather abruptly, so I suppose they were a little worried. But really, I was just more depressed by the fact that nothing would be solved by telling them. But I didn't plan on dying. At least not while I still knew nothing, I would never allow it. I won't die. I won't. I'll survive even if I have to gnaw my leg off. Yeah, see you then. Tomorrow morning, make sure to wake up and eat your breakfast. And don't forget to take a bath and brush your teeth. Yeah, yeah, see you. The call ended like that. Sometimes my parents went off to Tokyo for business meetings, but Tokyo was far away. They normally did things by phone. The times they did go were normally planned out in advance and never happened this suddenly. I couldn't say that those circumstances didn't feel strange or rather unnatural. Anyway, I only needed to recognize the reality of the situation. That tonight, I was the only one in the house. That when my parents came back from work, I'd be gone, missing, vanished. Looking back on the series of events the previous five years involving Oyoshiro Sama's curse, it wouldn't seem that strange at all. Come to think of it, it was getting pretty late. I didn't think it was good that... The only light on in the whole house is from my room on the second floor. It was the same as broadcasting to the enemy that my parents were gone and this was their chance. First, I ran to the living room, flicked on the lights, and turned the TV on to a reassuring volume. Next was the study. I similarly turned on the lights and some music. With this from the outside, it would look like my parents were here. Once again, I went through the house, checking to see if there was anything left unlocked. When I saw the veranda and the laundry still hanging out there, I went pale. That would have made it too obvious. I needed to take it down. I snatched in the laundry haphazardly and erased all traces that my mother wasn't there. It should be fine now. Ah, the garage. They hadn't gone all the way to Tokyo by car, but they had gone up to the Okinaomiya station. The garage was empty, wide open, and in plain sight. This was not good. I panicked and rushed out to the back to close the normally open garage door. It should be fine now. Ah, I needed to go get the paper. Mom always got the paper. Since they left in the afternoon, the evening paper was still out there. My premonition was correct. I pulled out everything from the mailbox and dropped it in the entryway. With this, for sure this time it should be fine. Come to think of it, leaving the cupboard busted like that from my little freakout was kind of bad. I'll just say I tripped and fell and the bad I was holding smashed into it. Even so, just leaving it in this current state wasn't good. I should clean it up a little before mom get, got back and scolded me. I remember there was a broom and dustpan in the closet. As I was going to get them, the phone rang once again. Hello, this is the Maibara residence. Oh, is this k Is your mother around? Ah, uh, uh, she isn't here at the moment. You idiot, my Maiara. Don't reveal that your parents are on. You can follow up still. Calm down and take care of it. Uh, I think she'll be back soon. That wasn't a good response either. Now they might think. Now they might say they'll call again, or to tell her to call them when she comes back. Then that's fine. It wasn't anything important. Well then, sorry for the bother. The scenario I feared didn't play out. Eliciting a listening sigh of relief. The call was fortunate in more ways than one. I'd have to deal with the telephone calls coming in for my parents tonight. I was somehow able to deal with the phone call just now, but I couldn't continue to rely on some poor improvisation. I needed to make up a good story to explain that my parents were home, but couldn't answer the phone at the moment. They were making tempura and couldn't step away right now. That wasn't good enough. They were sick and went to bed because they weren't feeling well. Was that going to be safe enough? I was thinking about it on the way back to my room when the phone rang once again. It was like they were calling because they knew I was going to lie. I didn't want to pick it up, but I knew I had to. They just suspect my parents weren't here. I should have just taken the phone off the hook under the pretense that I didn't realize that it was. But since the phone rang, I had to pick it up. I prepared myself and lifted up the receiver. Hello? I stopped announcing this was the, by my bar of residence. I had no reason to be kind to someone I didn't know the identity of. But unlike my uncouth voice, the person on the other side sounded goofy and lighthearted. Hello, my apologies for calling so late. This is Oishi from the Okinomiya Bookstore. Oishi san, is that you, my baro son? Good evening. Good to hear you are doing well. W- wait just a minute, please. I grabbed the portable handset and rushed up to my room with it. It was the same no matter where I was, since there was no one else home, but I wanted to be in a spot that felt a bit safer when speaking on the phone with Oishi san Sorry for the wait. How are things? Anything changed since then? Since then, when was that exactly? There was something about the brazen way he talked that rubbed me the wrong way. The last time I spoke with Oishi Sun was two days ago. The day I stayed home from school, I met Oishi Sun on the way back from the hospital, and we headed into town for lunch and had a talk. Then after that, Raina and Mian came to check up on me. Whenever I spoke with Oishi Sun, they always knew about him. It was like that since the first time I met him. Today's phone call may well be found out by them as well. Hello? Can you hear me, my son? Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. Um, what did you say? I asked if there's anything changed since last time. There wasn't, an ans- there wasn't an answer, so I got a bit worried. Uh, um, not really. The words stopped in my throat. There was a ton of stuff that happened, all of it baffling. What should I talk about? I didn't understand any of it, but I should try asking. If I didn't ask now, I may never have another chance. This is right when my parents, this night when my parents weren't home. I had no guarantees I would make it through the night safely after all. Well, Oishi-san, it seems that someone is after me. Really? It could all just be a coincidence that that day I missed school when I was sick, the two of them came to check up on me. Which two? Reina and Mion. They started asking about how I had lunch with you. What next? They left me some mochi and they came to visit, but there was a needle inside. Fortunately, I somehow didn't swallow it. I wonder, could that have been just been a threat? About the needle. "'Um, it was just one of those common sewing needles you see all the time. "'There was a hole to thread string through. "'No, not that, my Mara son. "'The needle itself. "'That's evidence. "'It could be used as proof that they threatened you. "'Where is that needle? Th- "'That's right. "'That's it. "'I dropped the receiver and rushed downstairs. "'When I touched the mochi, I had overlooked it out of terror, "'but that needle was a valuable piece of evidence. "'I had certainly thrown the mochi and the needle at the wall together.' If it was there, then it would be on the living room wall. But my prudent mother had cleaned that living room wall, and there was not a trace of mochi left on it. Could it be that it dropped in the gap between the wall and the carpet? I frantically searched, running my palm along the carpet, but nothing turned up. I tried moving around the sofa, the desk, pulling up the carpet, and then flapping it around, but I couldn't find the noodle. Did my mom clean up everything about without noticing it? It was just two days ago. I didn't know what day they collected the burnable trash, but it may still be in the trash bin in the kitchen. I rushed into the kitchen and opened up the lid of the pail and poured out the contents. But even at a glance, I could tell that it would be incredibly difficult to find the needle in the pile of trash. I was looking for a needle in a trash stack. I know I'll be running my hand through it. It was a bit gross, but I was looking for a needle. If I felt a small prick, I'll be able to find it. It was a pretty tactless method, but it was the quickest. I held my breath and started striking the pile of trash with my hand. Filth flew about, but there was nothing more disgusting than this, but it was not the time to be concerned about such details. I continued on for a while, but nothing turned up. I had wanted to search more thoroughly, but I was still on the phone. I shouldn't keep Oishi Sun waiting for too long. Later, when Mom got back, I'd have to ask her if there was a needle. I hastily began scribbling on the notepad affixed to the refrigerator with a magnet. Was there a needle? I scrawled the words with a red pen. Then I then dashed back upstairs where I had been keeping Oishi Sun waiting for far too long. Hello? How did it go? I couldn't find it. I was really overwhelmed back then and... I see. It would be great if you could find it. Keep it safe. That's right. The needle wasn't the only incident. I had to tell him about this morning with the hit and run. Uh, Also, oichi son, that isn't all. Actually, this morning, that man was definitely aiming for me. I could say that without question due to the circumstances at the time. Did you see the license plate? I can search for it from here. Damn. I just flipped out, yelling at him back then, but I didn't look at the plate. What failures on my part with the needle and the plate number? I was so focused just protecting myself that I left some of the most important details slip out of my grasp. I punched my pillow, annoyed at how worthless I was. I'm sorry, I didn't know how much more than that. It was a white van. Nothing to fret about, my Barra son. Anyone would be shaken up after being hit. I guess all this really isn't a coincidence, is it? san started to him and haul over on the other end. I could imagine him folding his arms. Also, Reina is acting strange. How so? What Reina said on the way home today, asking why I was so much like Satoshi-kun, now I could say it with confidence that Reina knew what happened to Satoshi. She knew that there was more to it than just him simply disappearing. Reina knows. She knows something regarding what happened to Satoshi, the kid who was demoned away last year. What would that be exactly? Reina said I was the same as Satoshi. She said something to the effect that the way things are going, I'll end up with the same fate as Satoshi. Fate, you say. Exactly what kind of fate did she say you would befall? Um, transferring out, she said. Transferring out. Raina said Satoshi transferred out. So given how things are going with me, I'll transfer out too. Oishisen let out a stern sigh and grumbled loudly bara son, that was probably some sort of threat or maybe some type of warning. I thought so too. At that point I started to think, would it be prudent to sum up everything that had happened up until now as the mechanisms of some human perpetrator? Other than the theory of it being Reina and the others, I was left with Oyashiro-sama's curse actually existing as the only other explanation. Of course I couldn't tell that to Oishi-san, except Reina's strange behavior could be proof of other scenarios. Whether it was Oyashiro-sama's curse being real or everything being part of a conspiracy committed by all the villagers, Reina was involved. Reina had to know something. Reina was suspicious. Was What exactly was Reina? I couldn't help but think she was somehow involved with the prior string of mysterious deaths. I seem to recall that Oyashiro-sama, that I seem to recall that Oishi-san had admitted that he had dug into Reina's past a little. He was probably just downplaying it when he said a little, meaning that he'd actually dug pretty deep, most likely. I wanted to hear about Reina. I wanted to know what happened at her previous school, among other things that were still unknown to me. If Reina was somebody I should suspect, no, not that, I wanted to know the truth. Tonight I was alone in this huge house, even though I said I couldn't count on them, I had lost the security I felt I had just by my parents being around. It wasn't like this house was some sort of fortress or castle. If a malicious person decided to use brute force, they'd easily gain entry. There was no other residence close to the Maibara residence. No one would be able to hear anything no matter how loud it was. I had never felt as much resentment towards my father's artistic temperament and the fact that he had this house built in such a remote location as I did right now. I wondered if I would still be here by tomorrow morning, so I had to ask right now, because I had no idea where the next chance would come. Um, Oishi-san, I have something I wanted to ask about. Please don't keep anything from me. Sure, ask away. Even though he was so far away on the other end of the line, this was the most reliable he had ever felt. I wanted to ask about Raina, about what happened at our previous school. Actually, regarding Raina's... I noticed that the sound had been going on for a while now. Since I was so focused on the call, I hadn't paid attention to it at first, but I finally realized it was the doorbell. The time was 7 o'clock. It was past the time the postman would be making a delivery and past any sensible time for a neighbor to be visiting. I considered just acting like nobody was home, but that wouldn't be good. That would ruin all the work I had put into making it look like my parents were home. I needed to answer the door. Hello? Ibarra Ah, sorry, someone seems to be at the door, I'm going to see who it is. A guest? I see. My apologies. Should we end this phone call now? That would be a problem. Uh, no i'll be back in a second do you mind if i just leave the phone on it's fine i don't mind i dropped the handset on my bed and dashed down to the door i needed to make up a good excuse to get them to leave i had a hunch it was the lady who called right before oishi sun did in which case it would be one of the neighbors who's friends with my mom i'll just say mom isn't feeling well and went to bed early that would be the easiest option It'd be hard for her to ask me to wake my mom up if she's not feeling well. The bell continued to ring at regular intervals. If someone didn't answer after you rang the bell so much, you'd normally give up and go home, wouldn't you? Without removing the chain, I opened the door slightly and peered out at the visitor. A chill ran down my spine. I knew it. Somewhere deep inside, I had prepared for this moment. I tried to escape by imagining it was the easiest person to deal with, one of my mom's friends. Good evening, Reina. There shouldn't be any reason for Reina to come over at this hour. The timing also made me feel uneasy because it was—I was just about to uh, ask—because it was just as I was about to ask Oishi-san about Reina. I wish I could have chopped this up to a mere coincidence, but those unsettling words from me on several days ago echoed back to me. There's nothing this old man doesn't know. Uh, are you alone, Rena? Yeah. It seems that Mion wasn't with her, but that doesn't change the situation at all. Why did you come here? Hey, Keiichi-kun. I'd like you to open the door so we can talk. Can I come inside, I wonder? I wonder? It was true that speaking through a chained door wasn't the right way to talk to a classmate, but... At my house, the chain has to be on at night. Don't worry about it. Then, it can't be helped, I guess. Raina pouted rather sadly, but she kept smiling at least, and her effort to keep that smile up was quite pitiful. Even though she was tugging at my heartstrings, I didn't lower my guard. As long as I stayed like this, even if it made my heart ache, my life wasn't in danger. What I really feared more than the possibility that hoodlums would assault me if I removed the chain was trusting Reyna enough to remove the chain and having my friendship betrayed. As long as the chain wasn't unlatched, even if it made my heart ache, I wouldn't have to deal with being betrayed by Reyna. Since it didn't seem like I'd remove the chain from her silent urging, she appeared to give up trying to get into the entryway. Um, have you eaten yet, Ketchykin? no i haven't eaten since my mom wasn't there dinner wouldn't be ready no matter how long i waited i laid down when i got home was woken up by the phone and i did not have a chance to eat since i used up all that time talking i was going to have a cup of noodles in any case i could just eat one whenever i wanted to no not yet what about it <laughs> then good look here i brought a bunch of dishes Raina right, held out a lot of stack of boxes wrapped in a cloth. It, if I could use your kitchen, I can heat up the miso soup and other stuff. It's fine, you don't need to do that. But but there's a lot of tofu and vegetables in it. Does kei not like the type of stuff, I wonder, I wonder? there's no way i wouldn't like that i love miso soup with lots of ingredients white radish carrots burdock root and potatoes dense and fibrous root vegetables yeah that miso soup looked incredible i also brought rice so you if you microwave it you can eat it really quickly without a doubt rice needs miso soup stuffing rice down your gullet sipping miso soup in between ravenous bites oh yes how wonderful it is to be born japanese also, also, I made some old pickles. I made some sansai pickles this time. Before I had moved here to Hinamizawa, I scoffed at the mountain vegetables called sansai, but I was captivated by their charm the first time I tried them. Such a deep yet light flavor. The vegetables from the supermarket were tasteless and bland compared to these. If you had to describe them, then, they're, then they were the vegetables for the uninhabited. To become an expert such as myself, you first had to partake of samsai. It was common knowledge around here that the Ryugu family's traditional pickles were wonderfully delicious. Ah, no matter what kind of pickles they were, they'd go so well with the fluffy white rice. And also, and also, but wait, there's more. So delicious it just seems so delicious farewell to my unhealthy self who said he'd make do with a cup of noodles Raina appeared to be in good spirits and she was offering such delicious sounding dinner the stress evaporated from my gut and hunger reared its ferocious head at the same time my weariness of rainer reina suddenly dwindled Raina did say she was alone it shouldn't be a problem letting her inside though the possibility that it was laced with poison still hadn't been rolled out at that moment a cold cold chill ran down my spine once again i couldn't understand why such a sensation had occurred just then but the voice inside me was sounding the alarm this happy reina speaking of this charming dinner was dependent on one premise and that premise was that tonight Dinner hadn't been made at my house, meaning it was under the assumption that my mom, who should be making it, wasn't here. At any normal household, 7 o'clock would be around the middle of dinner time. If my mom were here, we'd be eating dinner around this time as well. The fact that she brought it brought over all the makings of a meal at this time was inherently strange, unless she knew. Raina, did she? Did she know that my parents weren't home? But... There was also a chance that this was a bluff. If I had turned on the lights and a bunch of other stuff to make it seem like my parents were home, there was a chance that Raina wasn't sure if my parents were home, but I had to wonder. The laundry, the garage, the evening paper, there were plenty of signs of them being hastily tidied up. It was hard to say that Raina didn't have a chance to determine if my parents were here or not, but there was no reason for me to confess that right now. I should try holding on to that fact as long as I could. First of all, the chain was still latched. As long as I didn't take it off, Rena wouldn't be able to do anything to me. I I'm quite grateful, but dinner will be ready pretty soon. Huh? Is that so? Is that so? I know you went through all the effort and everything, but well unable to think of a good way to refuse my word trailed off weekly. But some of this could work as side dishes, I think, I think. I'm sorry, we have more than enough already. My mom always makes quite a few sides, so... Huh? You have side dishes? With a smile that bordered on a cringe, I dodged her questions apologetically. But the feeling I tried to ignore began creeping up my back again. I spoke as if my mom was setting down dinner right now, but it didn't mesh well with what Raina was saying. Raina was talking as if she was aware of some obvious fact, and that I was aware of it as well. So kg Coon can cook? What did you make, I wonder? N- n- no well, it's not that I- Raina had assumed out of nowhere that I had been- by, uh, that I had made the dishes. No, not so much that I'd made them, but rather that my mom hadn't. Did did you really make them, the side dishes, did you, KG-kun? It it wasn't me who made them. My mom did. No, she's making them right now. So you see, I'm sorry, but I can't eat what you brought. Raina felt silent at that moment. At that moment, I felt that the light had suddenly disappeared from her eyes. How about I try guessing what KT Kin's dinner will be? It, it doesn't matter what I'm going to eat. L- let's see. The conversation might appear natural at first glance, but Raina was firmly in control. It felt like I was being interrogated. Your dinner, I wonder. Is it something that can be made with just hot water? Hey hey now, stop with the insults. I can't believe you'd belittle my mom's extravagant dinner like that. Tickets sold out, full capacity already, it's not amazing. I tried my best to put on a strong front, but I couldn't grip my teeth quite right. So instead, I looked like someone who was borderline hysterical. But Raina showed no reaction whatsoever, even to that silliness. Katie Coon, did your mother really leave you dinner? No, you see, she didn't leave me dinner. She's making it right now. It's almost time for dinner. Raina had taken that assertion of mine that my mother was h- home and making dinner right now and was completely ignoring it. I could tell that the more I panicked, the colder Raina became. Hey, Katie Coon. At that moment, an uncomfortable chill crept in from the gap in the doorway. Is your mom home? I wonder. I wonder. I couldn't keep up the charade anymore. Raina, she knew full well that my parents weren't home, but I'd come too far to admit that now. Anyway, my parents were here, and we'd be having dinner soon, and that was the situation I had concocted. So I answered. I told her she was here. She's here, of course. I could feel the humidity drying out from the surrounding air. Reina's eyes were becoming even more frigid, piercing me with their gelid glare. Why? Huh? What do you mean? I tried acting casual, but the facade was torn off me that instant I looked into Reina's eyes. That look informed me of Reina's response faster than she could open her mouth. Why have you been... Lying to me, I wonder. I wonder. I, I'm i not lying. That's a lie, isn't it? It's not a lie. Lies! Raina's outburst and a jolt surging through my body. Raina and I were still separated by what few inches that slightly ajar but still chained door could afford. But despite that, I was still being concerned my house, which I'd considered a safe haven until now, had become more like a dark alleyway where no one could save me. Shall I guess your dinner, Kichi kun Let's see. I knew now that Raina had already known that my parents would not be here tonight, but it was still so strange that it had come to this. Even if she somehow knew that my parents weren't home, there was no way she should be able to guess what I'd be eating tonight. But Raina said she'd guess. How could she guess it? How could she know it was instant? Cup noodles. That's right, isn't it? That I was gonna eat. Wait, the cooking repertoire of a man who can't do housework is probably nothing but cup noodles after all. Looking at this statistically, it was the most probable answer. That didn't mean she was guessing. I don't think you'll be full with just noodles. I think having rice and stuff would definitely hit the spot. Calm down, my Maibara. This was just a coincidence. Reina was just re- reading certain tales of mine. So the fact that she was inf- inferring that, what I was thinking, alarmed me. But it wasn't as if she was actually reading my mind. It was, if it was being read, then she was a demon. No, not a demon. Things like that. They couldn't possibly exist. Do you like them? Do you mean noodles? No. Mm. Raina indicated that the point my answer was addressing was wrong. Her rebuttal was so short that I momentarily didn't understand the words Raina had spoken. Sorry, Raina. What did you just say now? Huh? About what? Just now, you asked me if there was something that I liked, didn't you? It wasn't long before I regretted how carelessly I'd pushed forward with that question. It was such a simple answer. That was why I wasn't able to comprehend it. Pork bone and ginger flavor? I wonder how I appeared in the moments my mind went completely blank until the moment I was able to recover. As my field of view began to distort, slowly swirling in a corner counterclockwise direction, I lost all sense of balance. Why do you know that? I didn't even deny it. That was the type of frenzied state I was in. How can Raina know even this? Not even caring, as I smashed my head against the door, I fixated my gaze on Raina. But she didn't even flinch when she saw me do that. I certainly... I certainly did buy them. I bought a bunch at once. I bought a whole case. How could you know that? Why, I wonder. Quite strange, isn't it? Isn't it? How could you dodge the question at a time like this? The chain on the door suddenly were no longer protecting me. How do you know? Why do you know? Answer me. You bought them at the 7th Mart, didn't you? A shiver ran up my spine. I tried covering it up with an angry facade. Like I said, why do you know that? I was behind you, following you the whole time. What, what are you saying? I could not understand why she was saying she'd been following me all this time. That's because Reina was right behind Keiji kuns back the whole time. ha 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 ha. Like that night? That night I was absorbed in my phone conversation with Oishi-san. I didn't even sense her being there, standing behind the door behind me, standing there just like that. When Keiichi was picking out the noodles, I was watching the entire time. You picked out so many different flavors, didn't you? Then your mom got angry. If you were going to pick the expensive ones, then you should just pick one type, she said. Then can picked out the big box of pork, bone, and ginger flavor that he loved so much, didn't he? I like it, too. Pork bone noodles. But I can't never eat a whole big bowl myself. My brain was paralyzing, dulling my senses. I might have been a defense mechanism to diminish the fear I was feeling to non-traumatizing levels. With the fear being diminished, the fog enveloping my mind was cleared away. Then I could understand what Raina was saying and started to put meaning behind her words. Even so, my fear hadn't subsided, subsided completely, it was like I was standing at the edge of a cliff, eyes closed, so I didn't have to look down. It didn't actually solve any of the basic problems. I slowly took a step backwards, and as I withdraw, Raina advanced. So K.G. kun can you open this? Can we eat dinner together? I'm sure it's going to be delicious, so okay- Raina's pale, slender fingers swarmed through the crack in the door one at a time as if they had a mind of their own rattling the train. If she had unlatched the chain from the door, a feeling of terror would have just exploded within me, but Raina didn't do that. She was simply imploring me to remove the chain. She was doing her hardest to light the fuse to the powder keg in my heart, trying again and again. Clatter, clatter, but it doesn't light. It doesn't light. Open up, Kichikin. Please go away. I beg you. Please go away. How can you say something so mean, I wonder. I wonder. Please go away. Go away. Go away. The powder keg inside me finally went off. No smoldering. It exploded. I tackled the door. The force through the door had knocked Raina momentarily off balance. I couldn't hesitate here. I grabbed onto the doorknob with both hands, planted my feet firmly, and pulled with all my might. But that slamming sound I so desired didn't happen. I could feel a tiny, disturbing bit of resistance keeping the door from closing. And the source of that was Raina's fingers. Each of those fingers wriggling, swarming around like the tendrils of a carnivorous plant through the crack in the doorway. It hurts! It hurts, Katie Coon! It hurts! (sighs) It wasn't a harsh shriek, but more of a yelp she was trying to keep back. Go away, go away, go away. I kept on pulling on the door with all my might. I didn't even realize, if I didn't loosen my pull, that the door, at least momentarily, Raina wouldn't be able to pull her fingers out, and that was the way the door wasn't closing. It really hurts, Kiki-kun. I'm sorry if I was messing around too much. I didn't care one bit for her apology no matter how much she apologized. It didn't change any of what she had done up until now. It didn't change anything. It hurts. It hurts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go away. Go away. Go away. Raina couldn't leave even if she wanted to because I'd trapped her fingers. Raina's white fingers had become deep red and were, were no longer even squirming. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go away. Go away. Go away. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Reina's apologies were occasionally twisted with pain, but like a broken record, she was intent on repeating it over and over. Go away, go away, go away. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. I pulled on the door even harder. Finally, Reina's fingers were somehow able to slip out from their imprisonment in the doorway. The moment that happened, the door closed soundly and I could hear the thud of Raina falling on her butt on the other side. I locked the door immediately and made a loud clunk, voicing my rejection to Raina. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Cachy Coon, I'm sorry. Open up, Keichy Coon. Raina leaned against the door, apologizing profusely and nothing else. After confirming that I was sufficiently sailed off from her, I trudged away from the entryway. On the other side, I could still hear Raina echoing her apology. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Those pitiful words, they would never, they would be forever seeking my forgiveness. I didn't feel bad about this at all, but this wasn't out of any sort of malice. I just, I felt a sort of hazy sense of relief that I was able to escape from Raina. Before, Mion had threatened me at this doorway, saying there was nothing she didn't know. And just now, at the same place, Rena told me the same thing. My feeble attempts to disguise the fact my parents weren't home had served no purpose from the start. I should have just pretended to be out and not even opened the door. My meager plans hadn't helped at all, and Hinamizawa, it was impossible to outwit them. Even though I was on the other side of the door, I wanted to get as far away from Rena as possible. One step, two steps. With each step, her sniveling apologies became more distant. I sprinted up the stairs and dove into my room. As you would expect, I was finally no longer able to hear Raina repeating her endless apology. And with that, guys, this episode's gone on for quite a while, so I'm going to go ahead and save it now. And we will pick up in the next part, finish off that phone conversation, okay, see you in the next one, guys, don't forget to so- follow my socials, Smokey underscore Succubus for Instagram, Baby Beach Anime for my Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, thank you, have a nice day.